second timothy chapter 2 verse 21 it says if a man therefore purge himself from these he shall be a vessel unto honor sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work felt the lord bring that phrase to my spirit the phrase that says meet for the master's use I looked it up in many different translations, and pretty much every other translation uses the phrase, useful to the master. If the man purges himself from things, and you look in this context, it's talking about dishonorable things that are around a man. If he purges himself from those things, then he can become useful to the master. There's a difference in being around the master and being useful to the master. Amen? I want to be useful. I believe we all want to be useful to them. He's something he can say, I can use this. I can use this. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand and let's pray together. Lord, I'm thankful, Jesus, for your spirit that I feel here tonight. God, I'm thankful for all that you are doing here in our midst. Lord, we pray that you would have your way here, Lord Jesus. I pray that our spirits would be open to you, God. That our minds would be open to you, Jesus. That our spirits would be subject to you, O God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray the will of God be done. Jesus, we pray it tonight, oh God. Lord, I want to be useful to you. God, I want to be purged from the things that are of this world, things that don't come from you, Lord Jesus. I want to be purged from them, oh God, so that I could be useful to you, so that I could be prepared for the work, Lord God, that you have for me. I want to be ready, O oh God, to be called upon by you, to be useful in your kingdom, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that you would even help prepare us tonight, O oh God. Help prepare me, Lord Jesus, to be about your work, to be about your business. Lord, prepare me, I pray, O oh God. Show me the things, Lord God, you need to work on in me. Let me be open to you in the name of Jesus. Let me be open to you, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Father, have your way in the name of Jesus. Lord, let your will be done. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you just raise your hands to the Lord for a moment? Hallelujah. Yes, God. You can use me, God. I want to be useful to you, Lord Jesus. I want to be meat for the master's use, oh God. I want to be prepared for the work you have in store for my life, Lord Jesus. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. I'm surrendered to you, God. I'm surrendered to you, Lord Jesus. Let your will be done, O God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Lord, your will be done. Not my will, but thine be done, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands to the Lord and give him some praise. Jesus, you are good. Hallelujah. You are good, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are excellent, Father. You are awesome, Jesus. You are wonderful, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you for being here tonight. I'm excited for what the Lord's going to do and minister to us. We're thrilled to have Brother Lewis and Sister Julie Rodriguez with us. If, you th if you're thinking they look kind of familiar, well, they should. They attend the Sela congregation. And um, I felt of the Lord to ask Brother Lewis to be here when he could. And tonight works. So uh, I'm thankful to him for being open to that. And um, I'm just expecting the Lord to minister to us. Brother Lewis, I'm going to let you come. If you'd like to uh, have your wife greet us, I'll leave that up to you. Ministered as well. Whatever you feel, I want you to take your liberty. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Elder. It's an honor to be here with all of you. Amen. It's an honor that Elder would invite me. Amen. Me and my wife both. Amen. We're appreciative of that, and it's an honor to us to be here with you all. Amen. I, uh, I do have something that I've been waiting on the Lord. Amen. I, uh, I've, uh, I'm thankful to uh, Elder Hart as well. I give him honor being there in Sila and Bishop, of course, amen, him and his wife. They have been great examples to me and my wife, amen. And uh, I, uh, I never forget all the great times we had of ministry together, amen. I, uh, <laughs> I remember the Lord moving very powerful there in uh, Wapato. We were just talking about this the other day, and uh, we were baptizing a lady there and uh, it was the first time I had ever participated in something like that and uh, we put Dolly inside the, this uh, tub and uh, you know Bishop told me you know say, you know you gotta baptize her in Jesus name and so we put her underwater and we held her under there and you know, <laughs> and uh, Bishop was right by my side, and he says, after a while, he said, let her up, let her up. <laughs> you could see Dolly there underneath the water, just <laughs> happy and content. Yeah, yeah, I think she, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think she had legs. And uh, amen, she came out brand new, Amen. Yeah, Dolly Briones, oh man, she was a wonderful person that I got the privilege to know, amen. And uh, so it happens, 
in the kingdom of God as he leads you to people and you become part of their lives and their journey of where they're going. And that's just how God works. By divine appointment places you in those places to meet those wonderful believers on their journey to know him and love him. I, uh, me and my wife were in Mattawa last night and uh, uh, in the outskirts of Mattawa and uh, the people there are so beautiful I was telling Bishop you know they uh, always prepare everything for us and they greet us with a great big hug and uh, my brother always tells me he loves me and that he loves to do that for us he says, oh, no, I prepare everything for you guys. This is what I do. And you don't, you know, you don't have to bring anything. And, you know, I kind of feel guilty sometimes. I'm like, come on, let me bring something, you know. Yeah. And uh, he says, oh, no, you know, you guys just come. And, you know, I, uh, I truly love you guys. And I enjoy the presence of the Lord there in, in uh, their living room. And... Uh, I, uh, as I've been going out to, you know, uh, Saturday morning prayers, elders been having, uh, 4.30 a.m. prayers there in Sila, and, uh, God's been driving some things out of me. I didn't even know they were there, Bishop. Sometimes there's things there under the surface that you cannot see. But God will illuminate them in His time, the right time. In the right time of your persistence of following after Him. He illuminates that. And as I was there, you know, when... There's a young man that's been coming to that Bible study and he was speaking to me and speaking to me and and he is just like fluent in the word. He knows it. Any uh, story you want to say or talk about in the word of God, it's like, man, he just, he comes out with it. He is very knowledgeable in the word and I... As I stood there listening to him, I just, I just enjoyed my time with him. I could feel the Lord's compassion drawing him because he doesn't have a pastor, you know. And God placed me there for that purpose, for to be his friend to help him on his journey, to love him and be his brother. Amen? The Lord says that no greater love that the man have, but that he would lay down his life for his friend. I want to be useful to the master, as Elder Flowers was saying. Uh, the book of Luke, chapter 11.
the disciples here are asking the Lord to teach them to pray. And the Lord begins to tell them, you know, when ye pray. Verse 5, And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey is come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? That is the desire of the Lord to lead and guide us, to give us gifts to do goodness unto us. He has delivered us for a purpose. All of us have a calling and a purpose because we hear His truth, His word, and we're drawn to it. I see the persistence here of seeking Him in my early walk, my persistence has always been there. Anytime there was prayer, I went. I sought after the Lord. I remember morning prayers there in Wapato when uh, I would seek the Lord early in the morning. Elder, he, man, he is persistent. He would, you know, when I would text him, he'd say, I'm here at the church, 4, 4 a.m. in the morning. And I remember looking out, and it's like nothing but stars. It's dark, you know. And I just, for some reason, sometimes I couldn't get used to it, you know, because it was cold in the mornings, and it was a struggle getting out of bed. But I got myself there. I didn't know and understand that it was God preparing me for something. 
preparing me for what was to come. But first, he has to position you. He has to work some things out of you. And this time that I've been going, man, it's been so different. It's like my persistence has changed into awareness. I've become aware of some things that I wasn't aware of before. Things that God has called me to. A deepness that is now there. And things that He's drawn out, that He will draw out of you. As I could be there in that Bible study and He was drawing that out. Making me realize He's without a pastor and I need you. I need you positioned so that you can speak these words of life into this vessel that I plan to use. There are vessels in this time and hour that He is going to use. But He has to prepare you first before He can prepare them. Second uh, Thessalonians. Or uh, First Thessalonians. Sorry about that. I'm going to... Read here in First Thessalonians chapter 5. And it says, verse 1, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. He's coming, church. You are part of His church. And He's coming back for His church. He said, I don't need to write these things to you because you're going to know it. When you're fellowshipping Him and you're spending time with Him, when you're sanctified unto Him, He's going to show you and teach you all things because He chose you. You didn't choose Him. He chose you. not trying to by any means scare anybody nothing like that amen we have to have an awareness that he's coming for us an awareness of waiting on him abiding in his presence to see him to know him as he truly is when he comes he says, verse 3, For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. I'm sure that childbirth is not easy for all you women. Here, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that was 
an experience like no other. I don't know what it is to, you know. <laughs> I just know that it comes probably with a lot of pain. I seen my wife, you know, my first daughter when she was born, you know, there was times she didn't even want me in the room. She just, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was anger or what it was, but uh, there was something there that it was just, no, I'm not going to go in there. It wasn't something, you know, easy, I, I reckon, either. And once she had to go through it, she had to. There was no turning back. But this is the way it's described here. It cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness. We're not in darkness. He's called us into his marvelous light. Being in the presence of the Lord is very illuminating. It does something to you. As a believer, as a follower of the Lord, He begins to mature you. Maturity. You begin to give yourself over to that awareness. Those things where God is trying to lead and guide you. Where He's trying to take you. Uh, verse 5 says, Ye are all the children of light. And the children of the day we are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Amen. We got to watch and be sober, aware. We are the light of this world. The salt of the earth. Amen. He's given us that. To be that in this world. To share His word, His truth. With those that are perishing in this world. Those that are in darkness. I'm thankful my daughter prayed for me. Vanessa. Prayed for me and my wife when we were lost when we were in darkness and I'm thankful that someone prayed for me uh, so we gotta be sober for they that sleep in the night and they that be drunken are drunken in the night but let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, 
but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore and pray without ceasing. If there was anything that I wanted to say tonight is just to encourage you to pray without ceasing. That is where you're going to find the direction and the purpose of where he's taking you. Amen. I'm going to hand this over to my wife. Amen. She's going to come. Praise the Lord. Just going to look around and see all new people. <laughs> ah, thankful to be here my husband said we we love you all and we're very privileged to be here with you um, I have a little bit to share um, me and my husband my husband actually has been reflecting a lot on uh, how we came to the Lord over some time now and it's caused me to do some thinking and um, I remember how lost we were it was a it was pretty bad I didn't have a lot we had no money and we had no money we had no car our marriage was falling apart um, we weren't doing so good as parents we were pretty in a dark place you would call it dark real dark and um, I remember our first Bible study I didn't want a Bible study. I was kind of upset that somebody was coming to teach us a Bible study. I'd done that before and wanted nothing to do with it. And I was ready to fight this guy coming to give us a Bible study. And he came in and he opened this simple Bible study up of what the Bible was. And I was like, I never heard that before. All those Bible studies I've ever gotten in my life, I never knew what the Bible was. And so he had my attention. And I thought, okay, I'm gonna give this a I'll give it a try. He came back the second time. My husband said, hey, I'm done with that thing. I don't want nothing to do with that anymore. And he taught about who Jesus was. And I mean, a revelation. Wow. It made so much sense. And I was hooked. I ain't looked back since, but um, I was thinking about that, 
You know, there's a saying that says, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, like I said in the beginning, I didn't have very many eggs. And, you know, what the heck? <laughs> they all went in the basket. And I'm so thankful. Um, there's a story that Jesus tells, a little one, in Matthew chapter 13. And he talks about the kingdom of heaven is like a man who found a treasure in a field. And so he took all that he had and sold it and went and bought that field. He put all his eggs in one basket and he bought it because it was valuable. You know, we put value on things. And sometimes we don't put enough value in some things. Um, I have these pictures I had made from little, you know, they're just pictures with the word of God on them, but a couple little phrases from there. And one of them is Proverbs 23, 23. You go there with me real quick. says, buy the truth and sell it not. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. We have to understand the value of truth. We say we're the people of the truth. I think sometimes we put more value on that than the truth. Maybe sometimes we just forget that we have such a valuable treasure. I want to buy it. And I don't want to trade it for anything. There is nothing in this world Nothing that you can, you can trade all your eggs for. Maybe sometimes we, we put a few of our eggs in that basket of truth and we save a couple for later to the side. I might need this later. I, you know, I have dreams. I have goals. God, I want to buy the truth. And I want to love it and I want to own it in a way that there's nothing I'm going to trade for it. Nothing. Uh, nothing. You know, the, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. I didn't know that when I decided to get those Bible studies or when I, when I decided, okay, I want to continue, that I was going to get life. I, wasn't, I, didn't, I was not living I was dying. Darkness was taking over my life. I was going to be a divorced woman. I might have been in jail or dead from a drug overdose or a car accident from drinking and driving, but God saw me. And he saved me. 
Jesus said that Jesus was talking, praying, and he said, thy, thy word is truth, God. It's true. This right here, this is the truth. Every word in it. Every word. Jesus also said that it would set us free. You ever been bound by anything? me and I've been set free what value does that hold I want to go to 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 almost done verse 10 I have a hard time with this but Paul said and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved They weren't placing any eggs in the basket. I'm not buying into that. Maybe they came to church. Maybe they got baptized. Maybe the Lord filled them with the Holy Ghost. But man, that cost a lot. I'm not going to love the truth. I don't come to a place where I receive that love for the truth. He says, and for this cause, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure and unrighteousness. Put value in something else. It was this unrighteousness, whatever it was, they had so much pleasure in it and it had so much value to them that they would not buy the truth. We need to love the truth. Every, every word of it. Um, Psalms 86, 11, I'm going to end here. If we could pray after that. Um, David wrote these words. i got to get to the right spot. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. And they amplified it says, Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk and live in your truth. Direct my heart to fear your name with awe, inspired reverence, and submissive wonder. That's my prayer tonight. I don't want to become calloused or uh, casual with the word of God I want to hold it in high esteem all the time I want the Lord to teach my heart to, 
to be in awe of it all the time. I would walk and live in his truth. Father, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would have your way in us, Lord God, that you would teach us to love your truth, Father, Lord God, that, Lord, we would, Lord Jesus, value it the way we should, should value it, Father, Lord God, that in it is life. It's the light, Father, Lord God. It's the light that lights up our path, that tells us where to go, how to be. It gives us an answer to every problem. Father, it's full of life and truth. Jesus, I love you and I worship you and I ask you, Lord God, that you, Lord God, would continue to guide and lead us. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Brother, Brother Timothy, if you'll put 1 Thessalonians 5 and 14 back up there for a moment. Five and fourteen. Let me read it and then I'll tell you what I feel from the Lord here tonight. Warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble minded, support the weak, be patient towards all men. Uh, Bishop, we're under your covering here tonight. I have uh, I've known Brother Lewis and Sister Julie for at least 13 years, maybe 14, 15, something like that. I've known them a long time, more than I've known most of anybody else in the room, honestly. Um, and I've gotten to observe and see and receive from their ministry many times. Um, I've seen them do these things that are in this verse. When Brother Lewis was reading this verse, I just thought, I have a visual... Uh, of you two doing this. I've seen it. Um, there, there are characteristics of the Lord's nature that reside in Brother Lewis and Sister Julie, and they come out, uh, those characteristics come out in their ministry to individuals. I, I, I know a lot, a lot more than I'm going to share, but I know that the Lord has taken them just through what I do know of their life, through seasons where he developed in them the ability to do the things that are in this scripture. Let me tell it to you again. Warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and be patient towards all men. And now understand I'm not trying to, to prop them up or give them any kind of extra credit like they're superior to anybody else here tonight. I'm just speaking from the experience that I know of them and what I know the Lord can, can uh, use to share and impart to his body. Um, if you're thinking, well, it's, it's just a personality thing or maybe it's just a, a cultural thing and that's just how they are. They like people, so they want to... Uh, I remember the story. The Lord brought it back to my mind. Uh, we were over in, in Puyallup, Brother Lewis and I, I think we, we shared a room one time at a pause meeting, I think, right? Uh, and during that time, we went over to Tacoma. We had a little break in the, in the services there. 
And I thought, let me, let me show Brother Lewis my old stomping ground. So I took him down to, to uh, Stadium High School and Ruston Way and those parts of Tacoma. And uh, we go out to the, a dock. They have a public fishing dock uh, there on Ruston. And um, I'm just there to enjoy the scenery. I'm, I'm there to get a break from the prayer and fasting meeting. I'm there to just kind of recharge a little bit and take in some of the some of the salt water fresh air, right? And and brother Lewis, and I'm there to show brother Lewis how nice it is down there. And he he took all that in and he saw it and he had his appreciation for it as well. But I mean, the the guy didn't take 30 seconds before he's over talking to somebody that's fishing. What do you got there? What are you doing? What are you catching today? What are you, what are you catching them with? And it, uh, I didn't really make any big deal out of it, but uh, what I was seeing, what I felt the Lord was showing me was some characteristics of the Lord's nature and how they play out in and through an individual. Brother Lewis loves people. I guess let me put it this way. The Lord is able to love people through Brother Lewis and Sister Julie. The Lord loves people. And I saw it that day even. <clears throat> I, I, now, I, I'm not trying to put, any, put him on the spot at all, but I, I thought we could get pretty practical here. Um, and again, I said, Bishop, we're under your covering. You can say anything you'd like as well. But I want to look at these, these passages and the one that I felt the Lord really uh, illuminated to me is the first one that says, Warn them that are unruly. To warn means to exhort uh, gently, I think is actually a term that's in there. Caution somebody, but not harshly, gently. But, but if they're unruly, it's because, so, so they're not doing what they're supposed to do. They're out of line, they're out of order. Which is most people, if I'm being honest, if we just talk about numbers for a minute. What I wanted to ask you, and this is open to both of you, but what I wanted to ask you is, would you share with us how you might go about warning them that are unruly? Is that all right, Bishop? Is that all right? I would agree with um, Elder Flowers that most people are. And maybe not intentionally. Okay. Maybe not intentionally. Um, I think sometimes we pick up habits and stuff from our lives. And we come into the house of God and we... So a, lot of, a lot of people this generation don't like to be told what to do. No one's going to tell me what to do. No one's going to tell me where I need to be, when I need to be there. And Boy, we've heard it all. <laughs> but to warn them that are unruly, you got to, in love, really. You, you can see characteristics about people. You see their error, you, their way. You can't ignore it. You can't just say, I'm going to let them go and do their thing and I'm not going to address it. Because what does that do? 
if I see you going in a ditch and I'm just, oh yeah, she knows what she's doing. Uh, she might fall really hard and break something, but uh, you know, that's her business, right? I, if you love somebody and you see them going the wrong way, you're gonna warn them. That's not right. And be sure you do so with the word of God, that truth. That's, that's I guess, the best way to say it. Know the truth yourself, because the blind can't lead the blind. <laughs> you, can't, you can't warn them that are unruly if you're just, just as unruly. <laughs> you know, that's, that's about all I have. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah. <clears throat> the reason I had her answer, uh, just because uh, I've watched her operate in this where there were those that were unruly and opposed themselves. Uh, they, uh, not knowing the word, they opposed themselves. Not being learned in the scriptures, they opposed themselves. So you have to have the Lord's discernment and his leading uh, in correcting, guiding them, leading them. And uh, I've seen my wife do that many a times where sometimes you just got to put up with some stuff. And love conquers a multitude of sins. I watched her love people even though they treated her you know disrespect whatever it might be she loved them through those things and through that love God's love flowing through her that's the only way you can do it is through God's love being in that fellowship with him when you fellowship God then he gives you that ability to be able to see where they're opposing themselves. I, uh, I, uh, I face that many times as well. And uh, sometimes you can't reveal certain things to certain people that God has revealed to you. Amen. And you love them through those things until God reveals it to them. But it truly has to be the Lord revealing it. I was, uh, the man I was talking about, you know, in the beginning, uh, many know lots of scripture and word. But without the Spirit leading and guiding you into all truth, those things will not be revealed to you that are in the word of God, his secrets. And that's where you have to use discernment, okay? God's giving me discernment with this person right now. They know the word, but you know there's lack of spirit there. You know, they haven't been fellowshipping him. How do you know? Well, because you've been fellowshipping him. 
you fellowship God. You know the, the Spirit. You know Him, right? You know that when you step in, into a place and you feel the, the Spirit of the Lord moving and His truth speaking and leading and guiding you. Amen? Amen. I can hear your voice in my head. Just the way he's talking to you, that's how he warns the unruly. He says it the same way. You can't do that. It's wrong. And those who have pushed back on him and resisted when he's talking to them about the music they're playing, the sports they've engaged in, <clears throat> you shouldn't do that. I can hear him saying it. It's hindering your walk with God. Isn't that how he says it? Just like that. Direct. Not a lot of emotion and feelings involved. Just the truth is the truth. Thank you, Brother Lewis. I love you. Love you both. <clears throat> Brother Rodriguez spoke about awareness. This new, a shift in the dimension of his praying now and there being an awareness. Uh, I believe that the Lord desires to lead this assembly into a place of engaging prayer that you haven't been to yet as a group. Okay? Now, your shepherd, your elder, is, has begun moving in a direction. He has invited men to meet him on Saturday. And you have been. And he's going to lead you further. Okay? Now remember what Paul said. I'd like to give you meat. But you're not ready for meat. You're not ready for milk. So that is a progression that we are led by a spiritual leader to go to a place in God. Paul wanted to lead some people to a place he'd already been. But, and he was wanting to. But he could discern He's not able yet. But we're moving in a direction. Okay. I, uh, I was in a conversation with uh, Elder Nathan Heiner one day. We were talking about intercession. I'd made some statements and we were talking and he did some teaching one night on it. And he made a statement about intercession. Uh, about just literally standing in between. And... <clears throat> It caused me to reflect on a statement that I had made for years. I've told people that when I traveled with Tony Bailey, he ministered on prayer, early morning prayer. And I watched as intercession came upon 
bodies of believers. Well, I stand corrected. Now, I don't think it was intercession. I think it was travail. Okay? A travail. What does travail bring? It brings a birth. It brings a work of the Spirit. Travail, I believe, we would mostly come into together. Let me give you an example. We were praying here earlier before we... Whatever we went into. And there was just a moment that people begin to connect spiritually to where God was leading in prayer. It was only for a moment or two. He wants to do it a lot more. He wants to use us as a body of believers, as an assembly, to travail. It's He that ushers in the travail. It's not a place you go find, but yet often together is when we experience. We have to agree to come together first. And it's in that praying and that waiting on the Lord, first of the process is emptying. It's becoming less of the picture myself. It's not me praying for me. It's not me consumed with all my stuff and my issues. It's empty. It's no longer me. It's lesser. So he can become the greater. But that's the positioning that readies us for travail to come upon us. And when travail has come, God is going to do a spiritual work. When you pray, enter into your closet. Pray to the Father in secret. And the Father that seeth in secret will reward openly. That's why it makes sense to come and gather. I'm talking about now as an assembly. Gather in a place, emptying ourselves of self. So that he can bring the travail that will bring birth. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And it's eternal. But I'm not talking about just birthing things for me or you or even us. It's the grander scheme. It's the greater good. It's God's kingdom in the earth. Now, as you engage, some of you have been hit and miss in the prayer meetings. As you engage, there is an awareness that comes and an, an alive unto God that comes that you're more ready to pray all the time without ceasing. You read that. Now, God will begin to task you with prayer. You know, when you, when you go because a time has been announced, that's an event. 
that you attend. When the event's over, you leave it. There is an engaging of the Spirit that needs to take place. That I become alive unto Him. Now prayer begins to live. So I don't go to a prayer meeting. I'm just telling you. It's the real deal. If you'll believe it, God will take you there. He'll lead you there as an assembly. Listen to your leader. Because God's leading him. God's leading him to a place in prayer. And when I say that, I mean a a deeper place. A deeper walk. An abiding faith lives in that kind of prayer. This is when you stop becoming a church service attender. And you become the body he has placed in the earth. That's alive and living and on duty at all times. All times. All times. All prayer. Let's pray here for a minute. Come on, it's here. It's here. Come on. In the name of Jesus. You don't work up to it. You're living in it. You're abiding in it. Come on, it's His power. It's His authority. In the name of Jesus. It lives in the earth. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Come on, what the Father sees in secret. He is going to reward openly. In the name of Jesus. 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 Now listen. There's people that come in among us and say. Man you guys speak in tongues a lot. I don't mean one or two of you. I mean all of you. Y'all speak in tongues all the time. And some question in trouble because they've never been exposed to it or experienced it anywhere in their Christian walk, no matter the years, no matter how many of the years. And so they can be a little bit 
standoffish to that. And then they begin to question it. And then they search through the scriptures about, you know, interpretation and all this business. Okay. I remember a season of time when we had given ourselves to prayer for years. And I began to hear voices from people. Well, you know, sometimes you just got to get up from all that praying and go out and do something. You know, it was a mock. As though you're not achieving anything. Now, if you're praying and the Lord says, get up and go somewhere, go do something, then you go do that because it came through the inspiration of the Spirit. But it's ridiculous to think that you're achieving less by just going and do, or achieving more by going and doing to be doing rather than being in a closet where my Father sees me in secret and leads me in my prayer and communion with Him and He can work. First Corinthians chapter 2 at verse 1. The man that went to the governors and persuaded them to write letters that he could go and lock up the Christians. A man by the name of Saul had a conversion experience and his new name was Paul. And wrote to the church at Corinth and said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you. Now, this guy was schooled to the teeth. He was trained and schooled to the teeth. And I've met a few like that. And I got to say, the ones that I've observed, for the most part, struggle the most to genuinely walk in the Spirit. Because they are so governed by their thoughts and their mind and their education, they have a hard time pushing that off like this man did. He intentionally distanced himself from the abilities he had, from the education he'd been given, To empty himself. Let's. For I determined not to know anything among you save, except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear. And how does a guy running around locking up people? Become weak. 
and trembling because intentionally he shut all that other stuff off. He pushed back from the things that were tied to his own strength and ability and became empty before God. This is the process. This is why the gatherings for prayer are so important because it takes time in a process to lose me. To mortify the deeds of the flesh that the spirit might live. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in the demonstration of the spirit and power of God or spirit and power that your faith who are hearing me would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I was reminded tonight coming here. Many years ago, I was invited to speak at a church in Florida. And uh, I, I was involved in coordinating a manifest meeting there. And uh, anyway, I was asked to speak. And I, I knew that there was a heaviness that I went with in that moment because I felt like they were about to judge me. They wanted to see. This is why the op. It wasn't we want you to come and minister. It's we want, to, want you to come so we can watch you. And see how we feel about you by the time you're done. I just knew. I had, it, had that feeling. I said one night to a, a young man told me he was engaged to go and to a meeting and speak and I said go fasting this isn't a suggestion okay all right and did and then I watched and observed the power of God come upon him okay now I went to this engagement fasting and empty because I knew by principle, if I can get empty of me, God will prevail. And I don't know if I've ever experienced before or after that night. But when I opened the word and took a text and opened my mouth, I tell you, every word that came out came in power. I didn't waste one moment in between the words and put filler in. Hear me? I only spoke the syllables and the words that the Holy Ghost gave me. And when I came to the end and stopped, immediately there was a man sitting on the platform whom I knew, an evangelist, Stood to his feet and began to give a prophecy. I don't know whether I have ever been in a meeting before or after where the power of the word was so strong in what God was trying to speak to those people. Now, 
they were measuring it as a sermon because they had speakers coming through there all the time. One more sermon. One more message. Brother Bartell called me this afternoon and I didn't take the call. Later I was driving down the freeway and I, I texted him and said, I'm on some errands. I'll reach out to you tomorrow morning. <laughs> Just as the, I finished the text, I knew that's the wrong thing to say. And so I said, forget that. I'm calling you right now. For whatever reason, the Lord has used he and I for each other at various times. And it doesn't take but five or ten minutes on the phone. There was stuff that was put into my spirit when he was speaking and when I was speaking. About the things that I'm talking to you about here tonight. My trust is in him. Not in myself, scrambling to come up with. Never, never, never again. Because my trust is in Him. Amen? We can trust Him. But we have to enter into, stay in the process of, the emptying of self. You know, there's no confusion when self comes to the end. Because then you're just listening for him. Then whatever he says works, makes sense, and it's the right word in the right time. But if I'm in the middle of that mix, you know, it's him and me and him and me and him and me and him and me. This is why I say less words say more. When they're his words, less words say more. It's the word mixed with faith. It's the living word that maketh alive. Man, I mean. I love being here. I love to be with the Rodriguez's. We have had some wonderful times together. One time ministering on his front porch over the barbecue. Remember those? Man, I picked up some steaks at this store one time. Pulled up to his house with my trailer. We started cooking out on the sidewalk. I said, what were those? what they were? Are you sure? He remembers. It was the best meat I've ever eaten. I've been looking for that meat ever since. Still have not had it. Anyway. The people of God are wonderful. 
wonderful. Amen. You know, I preached Sunday morning and then Sunday afternoon. And before I got to the apartment, I had listened to your service. <laughs> There's a lot of church in it. You know, I love it. I, I don't understand people that say, oh, I get tired of hearing preaching, teaching. When, when people are ministering in the spirit, it feeds me. And so I had listened to the whole service before I got to the apartment. Didn't have to start in on Sela until the following morning. Amen. I love the word of God. I love the ministry of God's spirit. Elderflower. Amen. Would you just stand and receive what the Lord is doing here tonight? Lord, I'm thankful for the ministry of your spirit, God. I'm thankful for the deep things of your spirit that you have for us, Lord, as your people. I pray continue to impart ministry, Lord God. Stir the gifts, Lord Jesus that you've placed inside us, I pray. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that your work would be done. I pray that your work would be done in the name of Jesus. Lord, we put ourselves on the altar right now, Lord. We don't seek our own way, Lord Jesus, but we desire to live for you according to the plan that you have for our lives. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let it be done according to your will, God. God, you alone know the work that you have in store to be done through these individuals. God, you alone know the work that you have, the plans that you have to work through this body. God, we want you to work through this body. We want you to work through this body, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, God, work through me, I pray. Work through me, I pray, in the name of Jesus. I yield myself to you, God. I yield myself, God. I lay my life down before you, Jesus. I lay my life down before you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, enter a season of prayer. Enter a season of prayer. If it helps you to step out of your seat, find a place. Find a place to pray. Enter that season of prayer that the Lord's wanting to lead you into right now. In the name of Jesus, I surrender myself, God. Flow through me, Lord Jesus. Flow through me, Lord Jesus. Flow through me, Lord God. Come on, open yourself up to what the Spirit wants to impart to you right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
In the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, the Lord's still pouring out. He's still pouring out right now. I'm encouraging you to keep receiving. Keep receiving what he's pouring out of his spirit right now. In the name of Jesus. If it helps you, find somebody to pray for right now. Let the Lord lead you. Come on, connect with somebody. Let the spirit of the Lord minister through you as his body. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We desire the things of your spirit, O oh God. We desire the things of your spirit, Lord. We put it above our own desires. We put it above our own goals, our own wishes, our own thoughts and plans. Lord, we desire the word of your spirit, the moving of your spirit, the flowing of your spirit. God, it is what I need. It is what this congregation needs. It is what your people need, the flowing of your spirit the free-flowing of your spirit in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I feel the Lord birthing some things in the spirits of individuals here. God, I want to be used by you. I want to be used by you, Jesus. God, as the scripture says, to earnestly desire the best gifts. 
I'm desiring this, the work of your spirit to flow through my life. God, you alone know the things that are ahead. Jesus, you alone know the individuals that you will use me, that you will use us to reach, to speak to, to share the word with, to share warning with, to share love with, to share hope with. God, I want to be open to it. I want it to be allowed to flow through my life. I want it to be allowed to flow through my life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah.